Good evening, this is Justin Ford in the studio for Africa Christian Action, Salt and Light on Radio Tigerberg. Tonight we are discussing Back to the Bible for Reformation and Revival. Many of us are concerned about the direction our society is taking. Many of us are praying for revival. What is revival and what can we do to bring about revival, Dr. Hammond? Oh, revival is the prayer of many of our hearts. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Well, revivals are a sovereign move of Almighty God, initiated by the Holy Spirit, working through consecrated men and women. Uh, revivals are not churches filled with people, but people filled with God. So actually, there's nothing any of us can do to bring about revival because revivals are sovereign move of God. We cannot pray it down. We cannot preach it out. We cannot organize. We certainly can't schedule it. If revivals are a sovereign move of God, is there anything we can do to help prepare the way for a revival? Well, yes, I think that's hinted at in the title of tonight, Back to the Bible for Reformation and Revival. Now, revival is God's sovereign work, but reformation is our responsibility. So while I may not be able to organize or orchestrate or schedule a revival, only God can do that, although I see there's some American churches who like to schedule a revival, say we have a revival this date, that week, and that place. Well, I, I don't think they've got the concept of what a revival is from a biblical point of view. But um, we understand that they are seeking a good thing and preaching the word and trying to evangelize. But revival is more about the church, whereas many people, when they're speaking about a revival, they're thinking in terms of an evangelistic outreach. Well, that's evangelism, and evangelism is good and important. But uh, what we can do is work for reformation because Basically, Reformation is getting back to the Bible, seeking to apply the Lordship of Christ to all areas of life, and we're basically seeking to uh, obey the Scriptures, what the Bible tells us to do, do a thorough job of repentance, study the Word of God, obey the, the principles in there. And when you study the revivals in the Bible, you can quickly get the, the impression of, of some of the steps we can take, because in the Bible, we read of King Asa uh, expelling all the perverts from the land and getting rid of the idols, 1 Kings 15. Uh, King uh, Jehu in 2 Kings 10, he demolished the idols. He tore down the temple of Baal. He turned it into a rubbish dump. In 2 Kings 11, we read of King uh, Jehoiada. All the people of the land tore down the temple of Baal. They smashed its altars, altars upon which babies were sacrificed, destroyed idols. Uh, in 2 Kings 23, we read of King Josiah who ordered all the idols and superstitious trappings of Baal and Asherah to be removed from the temple. And he burned those idols in the Kidron Valley outside Jerusalem. Uh, King Jehoshaphat, uh, we read in uh, 2 Chronicles 19, he got rid of the pornographic idols, uh, the Asherah poles, and he set his heart on seeking God. I mean, these are all biblical examples of revivals, and they started with Reformation, taking the Bible seriously, uh, doing what steps we can do to, to remove those things offensive to God. Uh, in 2 Chronicles chapter 31, we read that under King Hezekiah, the Israelites smashed the idols of Baal and Asherah, destroyed the high places and the altars which were used for child sacrifice. 2 Chronicles 33, King Manasseh removed idols and images from the temple of the Lord. Uh, also in Ezra chapter 10, we read how the prophet Ezra he challenged the people to reform their marriages and to reject uh, intermarriage with the nations around them. And Nehemiah, in Nehemiah 13, he restored the honoring of the Lord's Day, the Sabbath, to Jerusalem by ordering the gates to be shut on the Sabbath and not to be opened until the Sabbath was over. He also stationed his men at the gates to ensure that the Sabbath was not desecrated in Jerusalem. We also read how our Lord, in 
uh, Matthew 21 and uh, John chapter 2. Our Lord entered the temple area, made a whip, and drove out those corrupt money changers who were turning the house of God, which is meant to be a place of prayer for all nations, into a den of thieves. So basically, Reformation is when we take decisive action to obey the word of God. And uh, therefore, while we can't bring about revival, we can work for Reformation. So if Reformation is getting back to the Bible and seeking to apply the Lordship of Christ to all areas of life, what are some of the practical steps each one of us can take in this back to the Bible for Reformation and revival movement? Yes, that's a very, very important question. I'm sure many of our friends and listeners have a great burden for revival. When you read of the bold Christianity in the book of Acts and of the revivals in the time of Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield and Andrew Murray, the question arises, what is hindering revival in our time? Well, can I suggest a short list? Prayerlessness, neglect of the word of God, worldliness, selfishness, pride, gossip, slander, gluttony, lust, passivity, neutrality, inactivity, sitting on the fence, lukewarmness, half-heartedness, indecisiveness, cowardice, compromise. These and so many other evidences of the lack of the fear of God are quenching the Holy Spirit. They're grieving the Holy Spirit. And they are resisting the Holy Spirit. There are so many distractions and deviations and delusions which are ensnaring and enslaving the people of God. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So what can we do to work for revival? Well, full surrender. You cannot expect maximum blessing from minimum commitment. We need wholehearted surrender to God. Uh, that's absolutely essential. And we need to destroy idols. I mean, what are the idols in our life? And some people today have said to me, Oh, we don't have idols today. Oh, I thought we had TV programs called idols and pop idols and sports idols and music idols and uh, Hollywood idols and political idols. They speak about sex idols. I mean, these are terms the world uses. And, well, yes, we seem to have idols. For some people, uh, there are idols. And if you've seen the wonderful film made by the Kendrick Brothers, Fireproof, at one point, the... Uh, character that uh, Caleb, which has been played by Kirk Cameron, takes a baseball bat to his computer because he had a real problem fighting pornography on the internet. And so he took dominion over his computer and he smashed it up, which is quite a dramatic scene. I mean, basically destroying idols these days um, would maybe look more like that than the bashing up of a temple of Baal and uh, um, an Asherah pole, which was actually a pornographic pole. So again, getting rid of idols um, is key. We get a good idea of steps for revival in 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive this and, and I will heal their land. Now, if we want God to heal our land, which I'm sure we all do, we need God to forgive our sin. And for him to do that, he needs to hear our prayer. And God says there's four things you've got to do for him to hear your prayer, forgive your sin, and heal your land. And that is to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek God's face, to turn from our wicked ways. Uh, we need to take decisive action, repentance, back to the Bible, study the law of God, repent of where we've broken the law of God. We've got to fear God. We need to pray the Psalms, and we need to seek God wholeheartedly. As the family is the basic building block of society, how can we reform our families? 
Well, how many families are still having regular devotions or prayer before meals even, um, a reading of scripture? Uh, there used to be this lovely tradition I saw in many Afrikaans homes when I came down from Rhodesia. I saw how many Afrikaans homes, all of them actually at first, um, would have Bible reading or um, a book of fat, a scripture reading straight after supper. And they'd, get, they'd even call in if there were servants in the kitchen and they'd call them in and everyone, the guests, everyone would, would take part in the scripture reading. The, the father or the grandfather in the house would open up the Bible and read. Well, whether you do your Bible reading before your meal or after your meal, it's so important that the Bible and prayer be part of our daily meals. But that reminds us of a day when families gathered around the Bible instead of around the TV. And so uh, I think it's so important that... Uh, Families have their mealtimes together. And I praise God that uh, in the 32 years my wife and I were married, before my wife passed away last year, we always gathered together around the table. We read the scripture, we prayed. Sometimes we're going through some morning and evening, for example, uh, devotions by uh, uh, Charles Burge and other books like that, but often just reading the Psalms or Proverbs uh, before meals. Uh, the whole family together, you know, first was just us and then one and two and three and then four children. And now we've got three grandchildren too. Uh, but the thing is, uh, so many people's children are bombshelled all over the planet. But God's grace, all four of our children and all three of our grandchildren are not only in South Africa, they're in Cape Town. Not only in Cape Town, they're in our suburb. They're in fact, they're in our home. Uh, so uh, to, to ha have our children together, I know that that wouldn't happen if we were not praying together reading the Bible, studying the Word of God together, going through Christian um, messages regularly. And uh, every night I was reading the Bible with the children at eyes at home if I wasn't out on a mission across the border or something like that. I put it as the highest priority uh, to read with my children and to, to pray with them and to teach them great verses. I mean, all my children learned vast amounts of Scripture memory verses and we took the Lord's Day seriously, um, took the law of God seriously, and uh, to us, it was so important, singing the Word of God, uh, having psalms and hymns um, in our family. A family that prays together and studies the Word of God and sings the Word of God together and goes through great Christian books and devotions together will stay together. And um, some good foundations were, were laid by my wife, Lenora, and I. And I think and she wrote the book, Reforming Our Family, on this very issue, Reforming Our Families. Um, it's so important because, as you say, the Family is the basic building block of Saudi. Uh, our most important mission is to reform our families. And I praise God um, we were able to do that. Uh, there were a few negative things we had to do to do the positives. First thing is no TV in our home. That was decided by my wife and I before we got married. We wouldn't have a TV in our home, and we never did. And uh, uh, so while we have selectively watched videos, we haven't um, uh, let SATV or ETV or DSTV, I mean, we never had any of that, not interested in that. And that enabled us to do a lot more reading. We had a lot more time with our children and families. And we could spend hours every day in reading. And that was great. So getting rid of the government's uh, uh, <laughs> indoctrination program on the TV was obviously a big help. And the other thing is we decided to homeschool. We went through government schooling with our first child for the first four years, and then we went to home education, and we never looked back. Home education is great. What an adventure. Um, I think another thing that's helped in our families, we didn't bring newspapers into home. So no newspapers, no TV, home education, Bible before breakfast, uh, scripture before supper, uh, taking the Lord's Day seriously, scripture memorization. That's some of what we did in our family and involved our children in lots of camps and courses and outreaches and evangelism. And um, 
as my wife pointed out to me just a short while before she died, have you noticed how none of our children have ever missed outreaches, camps, courses. And uh, to that date, that was true, that if they were in the continent, in the country, if they weren't overseas in some um, travel at that moment, they didn't miss a single camp or course or outreach. And uh, that's, that's a wonderful record for over 30 years. What can we do to reform our churches, our congregations, Dr. Hammond? Mm. Well, the first thing is restore the prayer meeting. I mean, whatever happened to the prayer meeting? When I was converted, uh, it was a wonderful um, experience. There, I, I was going into cinema as a secular person who'd been brought up in a secular family, never uh, read the Bible or anything Christian, and there I'm going into cinema to see a film on Sunday, not knowing that cinemas were closed on Sundays in South Africa, on the Lord's Day, I'm talking about 1977. I got ambushed. The local Baptist church had taken over the local cinema for an evangelistic outreach. I got hit with the gospel. I was uh, brought to conviction of sin. I surrendered my life. I went forward and I was called to missions all in one night, uh, 3rd of April, 1977. Life's never been the same since. And so uh, when I started going to this local church, just about all the men in the church were attending the Tuesday night's prayer meeting. And that was phenomenal. And Thursday nights, many were involved in door-to-door evangelism, going door-to-door putting a gospel of Mark in every home around Pines, all 4,500 homes. And there were all sorts of things like that. And that was great and wonderful to Bible study, evangelism, prayer. Well, very shortly after TV came to South Africa, 1978, I know TV started to come in 76, but by 78, the rich man, poor man, and the world at war uh, led the church to temporarily suspend the prayer meeting and the evangelistic outreach evening. And as far as I know, they were never restored, at least not to Tuesday and Thursday night. Uh, the prayer meeting was shifted to Friday morning, 6.30 for the uh, super spiritual. Instead of being most of the men in the church, it now was just about five or six of the very dedicated. And that's quite sad. So I'd say one of the first things to reform your church is start the prayer meeting. Make it a central part of the church and the Bible study. When I started our work in Eastern Europe, ministering behind Iron Curtain uh, during the Cold War, uh, to the persecuted churches in Eastern Europe. I was told by one of the great pastors there in Romania, Pastor Paul Negrut, we don't count our members by how many attend the Sunday service, but by how many attend the midweek Bible study and prayer meeting. And I think that's a very good um, way of telling. By that standard, some of our mega churches in Cape Town don't have that many members because many attend the Sunday service, but how many attend the midweek Bible study and prayer meeting? I do think if you want to reform a church, get them into the Bible, get them into prayer, and then give them a missionary vision, get them involved in local outreaches. So uh, those things will reform a congregation. Get back to studying the Word of God, get back to praying, get back to evangelizing, and of course, put them on a missionary diet and start giving people a vision of what's going on in other parts of the world, the persecuted church. When we start to care about others, our own problems get put into perspective. What can we do to reform our communities and country? Yes, as we study the Word of God, I think it's so important for us to start thinking, well, what does the Bible say for countries and communities? And there's actually quite a lot. Um, many people say, well, you know, Christians shouldn't be involved in political and social issues. But something in the region of 71% of the Bible is a political and social and historical. And um, the Bible's only about 20-something uh, percent uh, spiritual. Uh, most of it is, and personal, most of it is national and uh, political and military and so on. So we need to understand the Bible applies to all areas of life and the Lordship of Christ must be applied to all areas of life. And that includes our communities. Just look at Nehemiah. He comes and he sees 
Jerusalem is in ruins and the gates have been burned with fire and look at the debris and the chaos. And, and he, he gets informed, he gets interceding, he gets involved, he begins to motivate and mobilize others. And Nehemiah is a book about how you can reclaim your community and rebuild the walls and rebuild the gates and, and uh, restructure so that the society is able to protect itself against the threats around it. Well, uh, I think by following Project Nehemiah, which was the first project of Africa Christian Action right back in 1991, Project Nehemiah, rebuilding the walls, and uh, be informed, be interceding, be involved, and be implementing uh, principles of applying the Lordship of Christ to all areas of life. So there's lots we can do to reform our communities and country. I mean, the first thing is, of course, praying and evangelizing in the community. But then we can start to do litter drives, uh, mobilize the youth group, uh, the women's group, the men's group, to plant trees, to uh, plant bushes, to remove the litter, to uh, have neighborhood watchers, to uh, do, you know, remove those things that could be a threat to our children and uh, do what we can to beautify the neighborhood. As is made so clear in Deuteronomy 6, that from our, our gates to our door frames, uh, the law of the Lord should be dominating. It, it should be so clear that the Lord is here. Crime and grime go together. So when we deal with the grime, often we are removing a lot of the crime, which is attracted by the grime. And you can see litter, strewn, graffiti, vandalized communities are far more crime-ridden than places that have beautifully kept gardens and verges and so on and where there's no litter. And so it's important for us to take uh, control of that. And that's borne out by police. I've, I've heard police chiefs speaking to community um, forums uh, where uh, they were asked, what common denominator do you see with where there's been murders occurring? You know, we'd had no murders for decades in our suburb and then suddenly there were a whole lot of murders. And uh, he said, unkept gardens and homes that looked in disrepair, which is interesting that evidently criminals are more attracted to places which are broken down because it doesn't show, it shows that people aren't really on top of it. And uh, when you see everything well kept, it's almost like it screams, stay away, these people are alert, they're on top of things. And so crime and crime do definitely go together. So there's, there's no doubt about that. And uh, if you just think how we've got, yeah, broken windows syndrome definitely is, is a key element where you could see when things are broken down and a municipality is broken down, it attracts crime, where things are well run and they don't even tolerate litter. I think that's how New York uh, regained itself from being such a crime-ridden area to where you're now in more danger in London than you are in New York because they had a zero tolerance for crime. And it starts with jaywalking and litter. And when they stop people showing contempt for the law in the basic areas, people don't graduate to being armed robbers, rapists, and mass murderers. What resources are available to help us in working for a back to the Bible for Reformation and Revival movement? Well, praise God, there is quite a lot. Uh, back uh, several years ago, we already saw the need to um, produce the um, book Greatest Century Reformation uh, with 16 great biographies on 16 missionaries of the 16th century. So Greatest Century Reformation teaches one about some of the people, the personnel, the events, and the doctrines which God blessed with the greatest century reformation. Uh, that's one. And then we produced the um, Power of Prayer Handbook, which is obviously you want to revive the prayer meeting. That's one of the first chapters, whatever happened to the prayer meeting, and uh, the fire of God and, and um, the best start and early morning prayer, and a whole lot of guidelines. So the, the Power of Prayer Handbook became another very helpful book. And then we built on that with the Reforming Our Families, which is the next thing. So Reform Our Devotional Life reform our families, and then we came up with Biblical Principles for Africa. Well, Biblical Principles for Africa has been one of our most successful books ever. We had the governments of Zambia and Malawi ordering hundreds to distribute to the members of parliament. Uh, we've 
I've been invited to run garden government seminars around Zambia, Malawi, uh, all the way up to Sudan and so on, uh, Kenya, many places where that's been successful. I've had many editions and reprints, and it's Biblical Principles for Africa has been translated into Afrikaans and French, several editions printed, so tens of thousands of those copies all over. So Biblical Principles for Africa is definitely one of the best when it comes to uh, national or community um, uh, reformation. Then we've produced some others which I think can help, like uh, the Cape Independence Handbook, and now work on a, a case for secession where uh, one can look at how people managed to rebuild their communities in countries where there was a tremendous um, oppression and where there was little sense of hope. And so these are some uh, resources that can help one to actually um, promote a reformation and revival in our time, starting with our own devotional life, working through our family and our churches going into the communities. Are there any upcoming events, Dr. Hammond, that we can be involved in to promote reformation and revival? Yes, actually, you know, it was something like 28 years ago that a frontline fellowship mission team was in Angola and going into a remote part of Angola, Kowanda Kabanga province, which the Portuguese called the ends of the earth. And as the team approached the, the village, they heard the sound, they immediately recognized the sound, although they couldn't understand the words because the people were singing Ovumbundu, but it was the tune of a mighty fortress is our God, and Festerberg is unto God. And the people were singing Martin Luther's great battle song of the Reformation, uh, a mighty fortress is our God. And they got into town, they saw, they celebrated the Reformation. Oh, it's 31 October. Interesting, we never celebrated Reformation Day before that time in 1994, but they were. And so uh, every year since we've been organizing Reformation Days, well, Reformation Day, 31 October, remembers when Martin Luther, over 500 years ago, nailed the 95 theses, 95 arguments against the unbiblical practices and superstitions of the medieval church. And he called the church back to the Bible. And so Reformation Day is actually a public holiday in many countries in Europe, um, such as Germany and uh, Sweden, Denmark and Norway and so on. And uh, Reformation Day is a wonderful way of looking back to when the church got into a lot of superstitions and drifted far from the gospel when we were called back to the gospel and back to the word of God. Sola Scriptura, Scripture alone is the ultimate authority. And so um, it's a, a wonderful thing to have that. So what we are doing is um, we first and foremost, every 31st of October, have a special Reformation Day service. Well, this year we're going to be holding it at the uh, Huguenot Monument. So Huguenot Monument in Friendship, there'll be a service at 12 noon, a Reformation celebration service at 12 noon at the Huguenot Monument in Friendship. But for those who haven't been to the Huguenot Monument and Museum before, we will have a guided tour from 10 to 12, from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, there'll be a guided tour of the Huguenot Monument and Museum. And then um, we'll have the service at 12 noon and um, a, a picnic lunch afterwards at the uh, Huguenot um, Monument. So if anyone wants to join us for that, uh, please do. And you can find more details on the reformationsa.org website uh, or Africa Christian Action uh, website. You can also phone 021-689-4480, 021-689-4480, or you can email info at reformationsa.org and, uh, or ChristianAction.org.za. So uh, that's coming up. And before that, there's going to be a Reformation art and essay competition. Um, any homeschoolers are encouraged to participate producing art or essays. And we will be giving the awards out on uh, Saturday, the 29th of October, when there's a home education fair, Reformation Home Education Fair in Rondebosch, where home educators are welcome to showcase, put up tables of 
homemade arts and crafts and food and sourdough bread and coffee and fudges and cakes and honey and burros rolls, muffins and glass painting cards and artwork, whatever they want from nine till two. And there's no charge for the people setting up displays. Um, I know most of these fairs do, but uh, it's to totally free uh, to set those out and sell. And um, then there will be also examples of the artwork and essays displayed. And then there's a variety concert. And again, anyone uh, involved in home education will be invited to present musical items, skits, dramas, poetry, recitals, which will be evaluated and the prizes will be awarded. Uh, so uh, that's at 2 o'clock on Saturday, the 29th of October. So uh, all this is part of our Reformation um, emphasis as we head towards Reformation Day, 31 October. Um, if you're interested in more details, you can get that either on the Christian Liberty Books website or on reformationessay.org website or christianaction.org.za. Uh, all these organizations are involved in this, or you can phone 689-4480. So uh, those are upcoming. There'll be we hope many people will encourage their local church to observe Reformation Sunday. That's the 30th of, of October. Uh, but if any are able to join us, especially homeschoolers, uh, on Monday, the 31st of October, a guided tour of the Museum and Monument at Frontrook and uh, Reformation Day service at 12 noon. Earlier you mentioned several books. Where can we obtain these books? Um, also videos and home education textbooks related to these? Right, well, in Rondebosch, uh, Christian Liberty Books uh, has its um, um, shop here um, where the Reformation Society meets every Thursday night. So uh, we've got Africa Christian Action uh, also based here in Literature of Africa. So it's civil missions all uh, sharing the same mission site uh, in Rondelbosch. So you can phone 021-689-4480. We have the books like Greatest Century of Reformation. Uh, we have the uh, the resources, whether you're talking about the videos on Martin Luther, William Tyndale. And if you're interested, you can either borrow some of the videos to show it to your youth group or midweek Bible study. Um, or if you want a speaker to come and uh, present the films or give a talk on Martin Luther, William Tyndale, Ulrich Swingley, John Calvin, any of the great performers that you're interested in. And uh, we'll be glad to come to your school uh, or to your Sunday school or church uh, if you would like something before then. Or we can provide you with materials that you can run your own uh, Reformation Sunday service on Sunday the 30th of October. Are there regular meetings that those interested in Reformation can attend to learn more and to keep up to date? Yes, uh, Reformation Study was launched in 2005 and uh, we have been meeting uh, every uh, Thursday night since then in Rondebosch. And so Reformation Society looks at great uh, reformers of the past or doctrines or events or most times now contemporary issues and how we can address it from a biblical point of view. So with a vision of reformation and revival and of restoring our societies and reforming our families and our communities uh, and our world, um, every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Uh, in Rondebosch, uh, the Reformation Society meets and uh, those who want to come beforehand for either supper at 6 or tea and uh, coffee at uh, 6.30, welcome. So all you got to do is uh, uh, contact us 021-689-4480 or email uh, info at reformationsa.org. Is there an e emailing list that one can get onto to keep informed about initiatives and activities for Reformation and Revival today? Yes, we do. So we send out each week an email 
on, uh, which has got the latest um, radio program, um, audiovisual links from the previous presentation uh, at the Reformation Society, and upcoming events such as, for example, what's the subject of this next week's Reformation Society meeting, and uh, any other upcoming events such as the Home Education Fair and the Reformation Day celebration. Dr. Hammond, so all you've got to do is, is email then mission at frontline.org.za and you'll be put on a, asked to be put on a Cape Town Reformation Society email list. Uh, Dr. Hammond, finally, what can each one of us do to experience reformation and revival in our own lives? Get back to the Bible. Start to work through the Bible. That was, in fact, one of the projects we were involved in, and that was reading through, studying, preaching through, praying through every book in the Bible. So we've got an Old Testament survey, we've got a New Testament survey, and um, it was quite a project, six-year project, working through every book in the Bible. But you can do it in much shorter time because you can get the books or listen to the audios on our sermon audio where uh, literally in one sermon we summarize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. It took about four sermons to get through Psalms, but Psalms the biggest book in the Bible. Uh, but most of the books was in one uh, sermon, and uh, those are on Sermon Audio on our livingstonfellowship.co.za website. Uh, or uh, you can get the audio uh, uh, MP3 uh, disc if you want, or the books. We've got Old Testament Survey, New Testament Survey. But I would recommend each one, if you want to revive in your life, start reading through every book in the Bible and praying through the Psalms. Thank you for your time and wisdom, Dr. Hammond. In closing, I'd like to read verse 6 of Psalm 85. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Please join us next week at the same time, 104 FM on Radio Tigerberg for the next program of Salt and Light. God bless and good night.